0: Welcome to the Mellow Mama podcast where I talk all things conscious living and conscious respectful parenting with the help of lots of great books, resources, and of course my own experience as a mom in order to give you the tool set yourselves to have great relationships that are enriching, fulfilling, full of authenticity, presence, and connection with not only your children, but also yourselves. And today I'm going to be discussing what I personally believe to be the number one foundational aspect and piece of advice for facilitating that, for actually bringing that kind of relationship to life between you and your children, yourself, and of course, really anybody else that you value in your life. And it's gonna sound so simple, and I promise I'm gonna come right out and say it in two seconds. I hate when people drag on the freaking introduction. I am so sorry. But I have to clarify that you might think hearing this, like, of course I facilitate this in my relationship, Kate, like, of course I do this with my kids, like, doesn't everybody, this is such common sense, but trust and believe when I say there is a reason for this discussion today, and it has a lot to do with the fact that people might already assume that this is a part of their parenting style when it's actually totally the opposite most of the time. In fact, the opposite is what's normalized in the mainstream parenting model and what most people think of as completely justified. So what I'm really referring to in today's episode is consideration. Consideration of the other as a whole person and mainly what we can focus on the on the day-to-day is consideration of the other's perspective and we're talking about our child's perspective in the small moments, like the little details of the day and in the big details of the day and of our growing relationship and life together. And if again, you're feeling like, okay, yeah, but I do that. I'm super considerate of my child. I am very respectful. I'm very familiar with respectful parenting, yada, yada, yada. I want you to imagine the following and, and think about who we're referring to here, which is, you guessed it, babies, toddlers, children, young people, imagine being picked up from behind without any warning without being told Having your clothing removed without somebody first letting you know or asking you if you're ready for that. Um, a cold wipe being placed on your private parts. Again, no warning. And even just being touched there in general. Um, an abrupt wipe to the face even. Like, you you know, you've got a runny nose, let's say, or you sneeze. Imagine somebody just like, whoop coming up and moving a cloth across your mouth and face, um, rubbing it clean without letting you know first without asking you if you're ready first or the more intense one that like crazy suction thing that blue ball that people put into their baby's noses without like any break or like saying hey this might suck this is literally <laughs> and figuratively this is going to be awful for a second are you ready okay let's do it together you know there's no there's no discussion around that when I watch people with those sucky thingies with newborn babies, um, or that even the one that's like a little more gentle, where the person is literally sucking with their mouth through a tube the snot out of their child's nose, okay? But let's move on from the physical examples. That Those are pretty clear and obvious. Let's talk about, let's say, imagine you are out with a loved one that you care about and you guys are having a great time, but they're sort of calling the shots for your daily schedule and routine. You're like, okay, it's cool. I'm going with it. But you see something that you want to do. You're like, oh, hey, can we stop at that, I don't know, candle shop, whatever. (laughs) I have no good ideas right now. So you're like, can I stop? Can we stop and look at the candles or smell the candles in the candle store? And they're just like, no, no, we don't have time for that right now. Who knows what exactly your schedule entails or like, you have no idea. This person's, again, running the show, but you, you're you not allowed to stop for something you're interested in. That's the gist here. So that would, that would kind of, I don't know, feel abrupt and like, dang, that's disappointing. But okay, you might move on. You might be like, all right, fine. But then you're like, ooh, man, I want to... I don't know, get a drink at that place, I'm pretty thirsty, and they're like, no, we're not spending money on that right now, no, like, we don't need that right now, stop, stop asking me for things, stop asking me to stop places, stop asking me to go places, stop asking me to buy things or try things, come on, like, we're going, so you're like, okay, that also is disappointing, but we're gonna move forward, we're gonna have a positive spirit, but imagine... Your time with this person might be a little less fun, okay? All of a sudden, it's seeming like, geez, this person's really just like, it's all about them. It's all about what they want to do. Now, imagine you just want to stop and look at something for a second. Like, it's a beautiful day. There's a cool flower on the sidewalk. I don't know. But you want to see it for a second. Again, rushed along, told, stop stopping. We are going. We're on a mission. And who knows if this person even... Is in a rush, like if there's a real urgency here, or if it's just that they don't feel like doing what you want to do, they feel like it's a waste of their time. Does that sound familiar? Again, even the most respectful parent, the person that's like considered everything, read all the books, listened to all the materials, watched a bunch of videos, because of our conditioning in the mainstream parenting model it's like we've really been taught and conditioned through our childhood and adolescence that good parenting is actually, again, a one-way street of respect in which the parent is on the receiving end of the respect. You're going to respect my time, my schedule, my interests, my activities, and to-do list. I don't need to respect yours. In fact, to do so would be to be a pushover of a parent I'm getting walked all over all we do is whatever my kids want to do right and if you're not new to my material you might be laughing with me because it just sounds almost so ridiculous like When you start to practice a more conscious approach and you build awareness around this kind of stuff, it it makes the opposite seem silly. It's like, of course, why wouldn't I want to allot five more minutes to staying somewhere longer when my kids enjoying their time or working on something? Or do I have to rush around? What is the point of that, right? What are we actually trying to accomplish? Like I ask in all my material, what is your goal as a parent? What's your goal for the relationship? Do you just want it to be, again, this one-way street of respect and communication where you're on the receiving end of all of that good stuff and your child is not? Your child is like a little quiet, obedient soldier person, whose perspective is not considered. And you might think to yourself, if, if you are new to this concept, or even if you're like, but I try, and I try, and it's never enough, my child is never satisfied, or like, it is so much harder to do than it is to talk about, I totally get that. Our kids can be dysregulated. Our kids can get overstimulated. There's a lot behind the behavior that we see on the surface right? It's important to get to the root of the behavior. In any case, it's never going to be because we were too considerate of their needs that our child is going to end up having a hard time. In fact, this is why this discussion is so awesome and so helpful because it usually prevents those things from happening. When we simply take into consideration the point of view of our children they feel considered, they feel like they matter, they feel like they're seen, they're heard, they're understood and important to you. Just as in the, you know, a marriage dynamic, you would feel so much more valued, so much more seen, important to the person that you love, your spouse, if and when they consider your perspective in whatever way that that might look. But if you want somebody to be more cooperative, more on your team, on your side, and, you know, just more fun to be with, you've got to consider their perspective. And this is really at the core of respectful, conscious living and parenting. So some simple, easy steps to start taking in order to be more considerate of your child's perspective are to first and foremost start to observe your child and their state ask you know what what are they doing and even if it seems like nothing wait for the right moment to intervene this goes for children as young as a day old if they are staring off at the window i shared in some capacity recently my little newborn baby a few days old looking at the shadows on the wall like i think she could see that the light was coming in through the windows like behind the curtains. And I wanted to change her diaper, but she was so focused and just staring so peacefully. She was so content and so interested in whatever it was that she was lo- looking at that I felt like this is just is not the right time. This is this is a time to observe her observing, observe her learning, observe her in this moment of like wonderment and, and fascination, right? She was having a great time and you might be like, what the heck? freaking four-day-old baby or (laughs) several-day-old baby? Really, do I need to slow down my day? Yeah, I think so. I think it's an amazing practice. And I think that this very small detail, practicing it from infancy, even with my son Donovan, has made our relationship so amazing. And when people are not considerate of his perspective in the big and small ways, it's weird for both of us. Like we both get uncomfortable where I'm like, should I say something like how weird that is? Like, what's the big deal about doing something a little bit longer or looking at something? Or I don't know, like, what? What is what's the what's your problem, man? <laughs> right? I feel like why? Why would we interrupt right now? Or why do we need to say something? Um, so observing your child's state is the number one way to start getting into this consideration mindset. And and you'll start to do this more often with all the people that you love in your life, but it is so much less common to see again in the parent-child relationship. So start with observation of the child. What are they doing? And even if it means nothing to you, what does it mean to them? What are they learning? What are they exploring? I love the analogy when it comes to our child's play, especially in the case of independent play of us in the state of like writing a novel or being in you know a deep flow state in our work something that's very fulfilling to us that's important to us or even something that's not necessarily fulfilling or important but maybe it's our job it's our work well play and learning exploration they, that is the work of a child so when we see our child in this state of flow in a state of focus again observe them ask what are they doing and if it means nothing to you, ask what does it mean to the child and wait for the right time to intervene. Consider their perspective. The next step here, once you've identified the right time to intervene, the right time to interrupt your child's experience for one that you're going to share together, especially if it's physical, is involvement and communication. So letting them know, hey, here's what's going to happen next, okay? And creating a gap, an opening, an opportunity for a two-way street of communication. If not now, then in the future as your child continues to develop and grow. And that might sound something like, hey... I'm actually going to pick you up now, waiting, holding your arms out, again, just leaving a little beat, a little space there for them to do something in response, and when you're dealing with, let's say, a five-day-old baby or a month-old baby, you might not notice anything, but again, creating this doorway leads to clearer communication and a two-way street of communication, respectful communication moving forward long-term, so just continue to give that space, continue to make eye contact and really be present, really try to communicate, hey, this is what's going to happen now. And then picking up the baby or, hey, I'm going to change your diaper now, okay? Let's do it together. And this moved me into the next step, which is involvement. This is my favorite one, especially with older children when it comes to the daily routine, running errands, doing things like that seem mundane, like going to the grocery store or even checking out books at the library. That is absolutely an activity mostly geared toward your child, but that might be taken over by your desire to just get it done. Finish things up quickly, get back on track to do whatever's next on the schedule for the day, complete your to-do list, right? But involving the child is one of the number one ways to consider their perspective, especially if they're a little bit older and just want something to do. They want to participate. Kids want to, again, feel seen, heard, important, and valued. So if they want to take the books out of the bag, let it take three more minutes Three minutes is nothing, especially in the grand scheme of things, in life, in your day, not to mention in terms of your child's empowerment, their self-esteem, their confidence, and their relationship with you, the connection that you share through those little tiny moments. If they wanna take an extra look at something in the grocery store or at whatever place you're shopping at, let them. You can absolutely hold boundaries and say, oof, yeah, not today. I'm not going to spend my money on that. But then invite them to join you in the shopping experience that you are there to have. So if you have a grocery list, say, but can you help me find the following things on our list? We need three mangoes today. Or we need to go and pick up steak or whatever it is. Involving your child, again, helps them feel seen, important, and heard, and understood. An important note here is that this principle is not going to always come as a result of your child making specific requests about the day and you accommodating them. Of course, that's going to happen like the examples I've given there, but most of the time, this is going to look like you having to be pretty curious about your child's experience, even if they're not necessarily expressing that the day is hard on them, it's, this routine has nothing to do with them and their needs and their interests, right? Most of the time our children do a pretty good job of just going along with whatever we need them to go along with, but their behavior might reflect feeling disinterested, unimportant, not seen, not connected with, right, along the way. In the case of practicing more mindfulness around our child and their point of view, it's going to require that mindset shift, that curiosity to stem from you. We're going to be the initiator here, going back to that observation, that communication, and then now the involvement piece, but also using our child's behavior as a tool, a sort of like compass in terms of navigating how well their needs have been met, understanding on a deeper level where the behavior is coming from, and then using the observation of that behavior to further communicate and involve. Our children's specific requests are like golden opportunities to meet their needs. So when your child says, I wanna go over there, I wanna look at that, or I wanna do this, absolutely try your best to do those things and and figure out, be resourceful, Don't be so quick to say no or to shut it down, even if you feel completely justified in doing so, like the day is busy, or maybe your child's requesting to do something that's not necessarily safe in the way they're requesting it, or it's something that they're not supposed to be touching or doing or playing with due to, again, some sort of safety thing, or you don't want it to be broken. Be resourceful. The words of Taco Bell come to mind here. Think outside the bun. Really, think outside the box in your parenting, in your day-to-day life, and I guarantee more cooperation, more fun, more joy and fulfillment in your relationship with your children. If something is actually like not easy to be done, that's okay. Express that to your children and why and figure out a way together to come up with a solution and to have their needs met. To do something like that means a lot. And again, is the simplest way to send the most important message that we want to send to our children from infancy, and that is that they matter to us. There's that beautiful quote, I think it's L.R. Nost, that says, every day in a hundred small ways, our children ask, do you see me? Do you hear me? Do I matter? And honoring their perspective, even considering and being curious about their point of view in the big and small moments is the number one way to answer yes to all those questions and when all day long you do your best to involve and to consider the perspective of the other even when you can't there might be days where you're like yeah i can't spare an extra 5 minutes unfortunately like we just do not have that kind of timeline today or you know what i really wish i would like i could let you do this right now or i could let you help me but unfortunately like we are we are flying through today's schedule because we have so much going on i guarantee you that it's a rarity that you're going to come across that experience where an extra 30 seconds to stop and look at, I don't know, a blade of grass, whatever your child wants to stop and look at, is really going to hold you up. If you're on a walk, be on the walk. That, you know, is what it is. But I'm going to get to that as my last step. For now, I want you to consider, there's a word again, constantly saying this here, but I want you to consider how different you and your child would feel practicing this. If if your child is feeling more important to you, more seen, acknowledged, heard, and understood, and oh, by the way, super empowered, super confident, because they're doing things, they're part of the day, they're not just an accessory to the day, they're a part of it, they're an active participant in your daily lifestyle together, imagine the difference in behavior of a child that is experiencing those things, the feeling of empowerment, of confidence, of being an active participant. A child is much less likely to be in a dysregulated state when they are an active participant, when they feel seen, heard, connected to, and important. Now imagine how you'll feel as the parent giving your child the opportunity to feel those things, to experience their daily life in that way. There's so much more opportunity for connection here in this way of living and and doing with your children. One of the greatest benefits of practicing more consideration of your child's perspective is getting into a more childlike state of wonder, of presence with daily life. Children are at a natural, it seems like they're going a million miles per hour, but children are actually so present. They have a much slower pace um, and a much slower way of looking at and enjoying and experiencing life all the time. It's a very beautiful thing, but something that many of us adult people struggle with and really have forgotten over time. Interestingly enough, like I mentioned earlier, once you get into the habit of constantly considering your child's perspective and needs in this way, again, big needs, basic needs, and small needs, you naturally get into a slower rhythm, a slower pace of life in which you can really savor all the little details and little moments just as your children do because you're thinking about their point of view and it sort of becomes your own in a way, not all the way, but in a way you develop again this sort of more present, still, slow pace of life and experience of life. And that really is to me the final and most important step in terms of considering your child's perspective and how to really do that and Keep up with the practice of doing that, even when triggered, even when feeling like, why why is this important right now? Like, we don't need to stop and do that. Or like, we don't need to constantly look at what you want to look at. You you stop having thoughts like that over time. But if it is a practice in the beginning for you or something that you really have to create mindfulness around, this, the presence is the key. Becoming more present and saying, okay, if something is triggering for me, including just considering my child's needs, asking why. Why is that weird for me? What was it like growing up? Was my perspective ever really considered? Um, What were the circumstances where it was? And how often was it not considered? And, And how often did I feel guilt or shame around my perspective or my needs or wanting to do something or having an interest in something? Developing this awareness around your childhood and adolescent experience with your point of view and how it was met or not met or received rather by your own parents is going to make the experience of looking at your child's perspective as a priority so much easier and almost therapeutic because in meeting their needs, in honoring their perspective, you are sort of inadvertently doing the same for your younger self, for your inner child. And then, of course, the best result that comes from this is the relationship. I say it all the time, but the relationship that you develop with a person whose perspective matters to you and a relationship that you develop with a person whose perspective matters to you some of the time with conditions is obviously night and day. They're completely different. And the experience of that relationship versus the latter is also completely different. It becomes so much more fulfilling, exciting, and joyful to participate in life on the daily with your children when this key element, this is like the biggest fundamental. If you're a fundamentals person, like, I don't know, I grew up playing basketball, and they would say, fundamentals are everything. All of the best coaches in basketball were amazing at fundamentals. They would make sure that their players were incredible at foul shots and layups and could make them in like the most dire moments of the most intense games, This to me, and also I'm sorry if that analogy is like completely dumb to you and you're like, I could, why basketball, Caitlin? But I'm just saying that this is one of the most fundamental aspects of being a more respectful parent, person, and being in more respectful, conscious relationships in general. And speaking of that, as always, I truly believe that all of the concepts that I share are so relevant to any relationship dynamic. So if you were to take this concept and apply it to any relationship that you're in, especially if it's one that's kind of suffering, struggling a little bit, and you were to bring awareness, for your own personal perspective and say like how often is it truly honored and respected and um, how curious is my partner about my point of view how interesting is it in fact to them or the other way around if you're feeling like I don't know what the problem is my partner is always saying that I'm not doing this or that right or I'm not enough of this or whatever instead of getting into a defensive mode taking things personally when it comes to your partner expressing that they have unmet needs, right? Maybe consider that you could make their perspective more of a priority to you. You could be more interested in them. Again, going back to that little L. R. Nost quote, not, it's not just children that are asking, do you see me, do you hear me, And do I matter all day? And it might be so like touchy-feely, <laughs> uh, mushy-gushy thing to talk about, but the, it's all people. All people simply want connection. They want to feel seen, heard, connected with, and important. They just want to matter. So if you are, you know, again, in some sort of relationship dynamic where there's there's a disconnect, ask, how often do I really make their perspective a priority? And when it's not, it's uncomfortable for me uh, to do so, to consider it, why is that? Get to the bottom of that. And that's a conversation for a whole nother day, and we will probably have it. But I guarantee, which I, I, it felt weird the first time I said guarantee in this episode, but here we are again. So a second guarantee, if you start to develop this awareness, all of your relationships will improve. I, I, I promise, okay? And on that note, I hope you guys really enjoyed this discussion today. This is one of my favorite conversations to have with parents, with people, and I think that it can truly make such a world of difference when it comes to the daily experience of being parents and being people. So let me know if you enjoyed this. Follow me over on Instagram at The Melo Mama and on TikTok at The Melo Mama underscore. Check me out on YouTube. It's The Melo Mama over there as well. If this is an interesting concept to you and you're wanting to apply it in a deeper way or if you're struggling with this concept but you want to apply it and you kind of just need a little helping hand, check out my online course it's www.themellowmama.org for all of my resources all the stuff that i provide or sell in this case like my course or my ebook also fun thing guys coming up my book something to do a kid's activity book that i made with my dear friend brie she's amazing at coming up with great kids activities that don't suck that you know don't like take a ton of time to put together and then like they're like messy or weird or your kids are invested for like 30 seconds and then they move away from it and you're like why did I just build this I don't know macrame thingy no that's not the right word I'm thinking of like decoupage I don't know it's just the activities in my book are not complicated They're very easy to do. It's oftentimes things that you've already got in your house that we use as materials. In fact, I would say like 99% of the things that the book requires, are it's just stuff that you're going to already have access to and your kids are genuinely going to enjoy them. Some of them are more educational, some of them are just like, this is fun. In fact, a couple of the activities are just things that require nothing but you and your children and they're like old school things that you just don't think of unless you turn a page in a book called Something To Do, an activity book for you and your littles by Caitlin Sapp and Brie Mullenkamp, um, before you think about it. So check that out again go to www.themellowmama.org check out all my products and stuff I've got a lot of free ebooks on there too by the way for activities for you and your kids if you want to check those out Um, and I hope you guys just have an awesome day today and I will talk to you in a week see you later